for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us as usual. Super excited to be with you tonight. And uh, if you're watching on the video feed, which I'm really excited that we're this is working out so well, the video is now... Uh, going over Facebook, over my personal page, and also a couple of our, our fan pages there. It's also going out over Twitter and Periscope and YouTube and DLive and Daily Motion. I mean, we are everywhere now with the video feed, which is really cool. And what I've been doing is on Monday, I'll take the video, the recording, and then I'll do what uh, we go into post-production which is where I put in all the cool graphics and, and all of that. And then we re, uh, re-release the video out on Monday afternoon uh, after it goes through post-production. So that is really cool. And if you can see here tonight, we have a brand new camera in the studio, uh, which is incredible. This is the best video quality you can get right now over the Internet. So we've got an upgrade in our camera. We also have some beautiful new lighting in the studio uh, so it's it's all going great, and it's just great to be with you guys live on Sunday nights. So much to talk about here tonight. Our special guest tonight at 9.30 p.m. and coming up in about 28 minutes is author Keith Comos. Now, he's been with us several times before to talk about the Golden State Killer. And a lot of people, if you know, if you've been following the case, you well know that the Golden State Killer uh, case is over in the sense that uh, the killer has been caught. Uh, James uh, Joseph James D'Angelo, he's uh, now pled guilty. He's going to be spending the rest of his life in prison. But there's still a lot of questions about this. It is it is really one of the most interesting cases that I've ever looked at because this guy uh, he he stopped killing for so many years uh, before he was caught. It's really unprecedented. Uh, how many decades he went quiet before uh, they were able to catch him. So, so much to talk about. Uh, maybe it'll be our final interview on this case. We've done two already, which are among our most downloaded episodes in our archives. Maybe this will be the last one on the case of the Golden State Killer. Maybe not. Maybe there's still more that we'll learn. But uh, Keith Comos, always a great guest, and he'll be with us here at the bottom of the hour. Okay. Uh, what's coming up next week? Next week, I will be on vacation and I'm going to put together a special program for next week. We won't be live on the video feed, um, but there will be a special program for next week. Uh, I'm likely going to just pre-record a fresh program for you because there's really too much happening right now in the news to go with an old replay. I don't know. I, I don't want to 
<laughs> I don't want to promise anything because I've got a crazy busy week ahead and maybe I'll end up having to go to an old replay and then you'll be mad at me. So uh, maybe we'll have an old replay, but chances are uh, there'll be a fresh episode for you next week. And then we're, we're looking to get back shortly and I don't have confirmation on this yet, but we're hoping uh, maybe after the vacation to have our good friend L.A. Marzulli back with us because there's so much to talk with him about, including a story we're going to get into tonight about uh, the mark of the beast and vaccines and, and some of that, which I'm just going to cover tonight in our new segment. So look forward to that. OK, uh, how do we pay the bills? We don't have commercials. And, and that's cool because it, it lets us uh, have fun, do the show all the way through without any interruptions. But we do have a sponsor each week that helps us to pay the bills. And I appreciate so much so many of you that are taking advantage of our sponsors, um, taking advantage of the offers, I should say, because this really does help us pay for the broadcast. I mean, I told you there's a new camera in here, new lighting. It has to be paid for. Uh, the technology that we have invested in to do all the video streaming now has to be paid for. Um, but we're not taking commercials. I've got a lot of people contacting me saying, hey, can I buy ads? We're not selling ads. So <laughs> we're not doing that, but we do have one sponsor at the beginning of each broadcast. And here's tonight's sponsor. This is one you're really going to want to check out. Maybe you're not interested right now in getting a mask. I'm somebody who, you know, I'm like, I do not want to wear a mask and I try not to. But now a lot of businesses here in Florida, we have no choice to we've got to wear the mask or you can't come into the grocery store or, you know, Walmart, wherever they're requiring the mask. Um, the, the little trick is if you're in a restaurant, you just have to wear the mask until you get to the table. Once you sit down, you don't have to wear the mask anymore because how can you eat with a mask on? Um, but in any case, uh, there is a really cool mask that I found out about about a week ago. I immediately bought one for myself and I want you to check out this video about this new kind of mask. It has two built-in filters in the mask that can be removed and what these filters do is they allow airflow in and airflow out it's not like one of these cloth masks where you're you're really suffocating because they're not made for air to flow through these masks are made so that air flows in and it flows out through special uh, like respirator valves that are built into the mask. It is really cool. And the guy behind it is actually a fireman. Uh, so check out this video and maybe you'll pick up a mask or two or three and that'll help out the program. They're making a generous donation to us for every mask that gets sold. But just check it out tonight. I think you'll find it really interesting. Even if you don't get a mask right away, you'll love looking at this video. Go to mask dot christianmoney.com check out this cool new mask concept mask dot christianmoney.com tonight's sponsor mask dot christianmoney.com all right so you know my wife and i were trying to get a vacation together we were supposed to go up to new hampshire to see my daughter who lives um, in a very rural part of new hampshire and we had plans, you know, end of the summer, we're going to take a week, we're going to go up to New Hampshire to see our daughter. Well, now we find out that there's a 14-day quarantine uh, for anybody coming from Florida into New Hampshire. You know, is this enforced or not? I don't know. But at the same time, 
my daughter is a school teacher. My wife is a school teacher. You know, we don't want to create any problems where we're violating any of these rules. And then, God forbid, if somebody gets sick and we violated a quarantine rule. So to make a long story short, we've canceled our trip to New Hampshire, which we're really sad about. But we think we might end up just going up for Thanksgiving instead, which is which is fine. Um, but, you know, the other we want to take a vacation. So the other question was, you know, where do we go on vacation um, at this point? You know, and, and so we're, we're looking at uh, my wife hates wearing the masks. OK, uh, in fact, she hates wearing them so much that we kind of have this agreement now that she doesn't talk about it anymore with me because I, I, I've literally reached that point. Where I'm like, I love you, but don't pl- don't talk about how much you hate the masks anymore. I I can't handle it. I mean, literally, we've gotten to that point. So, uh, the mask deal. She doesn't want to get on a plane because you'll have to wear the mask. So that's another reason we're not going to New Hampshire. So then we say, well, you know, we want to use this last week of of July to take a vacation. So where are we going to go? What are we going to do? And <laughs> it's like everywhere we research, it's like, no, can't go there because they're, you know, being masked Nazis, uh, you know, in that city in Georgia or in that city in South Carolina. So we're not 100 percent sure yet what we're going to do. But I think what we're going to do is this. Um, I'm going to use a couple of my favorite apps that I love uh, that that find last minute hotel deals. And we're just going to stay within like two hours radius here of where we live in Palm Coast, Florida. And I'm just going to use this app and we're just going to stay at like super high end hotels <laughs> where the pool is open and, and just kind of, you know, just enjoy some five star hotels uh, for a week. That That's what we're going to do. Um, there's not a lot to do really around here now because of what's going on. Um, so that's the plan. So and we did this about a week ago. We, we did it for just one night and, and we're, you're able to get into now some of these five-star resorts that are normally three, $400 a night for like 150 bucks. And, and so we're, we're going to be doing that. We're going to just, we don't have any specific hotels in mind yet. We're just going to kind of like, let this go and see what happens and find the deals. And we've got a, like seven, eight days that we're going to be able to do this. <laughs> so we'll be here, there and everywhere. And I'm, I will sure, uh, keep you updated on social media, but I have to tell you what happened to me yesterday. So talk about being bored. So my wife and I, we go up to St. Augustine, which is about 20 minutes North of where I live. And we always love going up there, walking around. There's always something interesting going on, especially on the weekends. There's lots of great food up there. We went into our favorite pizza place and got some pizza and that was fun. But, but as we pulled into town, there was this massive rally slash protest going on in the main park there, uh, right as you enter into downtown historic St. Augustine. If you've ever been to downtown historic St. Augustine, you'll note that that is the area where all the Christmas lights are in that, that main park, that central park there. Uh, in downtown historic St. Augustine. So anyway, we pull into town and see all these people waving American flags and chanting and people beeping their horns. And there's a video of this up on all my social media. I, I posted this yesterday of what was going on down there. But if you haven't seen the story, so St. Augustine is a town of history. It, it, it is. And, and that's one of the reasons why I love it. When you go to St. Augustine, you instantly feel transported 
uh, back to the 1500s, which is when St. Augustine was founded. You instantly have the vibe that you are in Europe as you walk down uh, the cobblestone streets and through the narrow alleyways. You literally are transported to Europe. That's how I feel when I'm in St. Augustine. And, and part of that is all of the really interesting history there. And you can take tours and you can visit museums and you can hear about, you know, Ponce de Leon landing and you can uh, hear about the, you know, the Spanish and then uh, the French and then uh, how we, you know, how the U.S., uh, you know, ended up uh, making Florida a state and, and the fountain of youth and all of that. Well, part of that rich history and there's so much of it. Uh, apparently Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, held a protest in St. Augustine um, back in the day, and he ended up having to spend the night in jail because of his protest. So there's some great history, some great black history there, and and uh, some some great, um, uh, there, there's a beautiful uh, bronze uh, statue in the park uh, which is dedicated to black history. And there's a lot of interesting things. Uh, one of the tours I went on, it stops at a house where it was the house that Martin Luther King Jr. stayed overnight in that night that he was in St. Augustine uh, protesting. So it, there's, a, there's a lot of history, uh, you know, all the way back to Ponce de Leon and, and, and the, the day, when they came in and they slaughtered the Indians and how horrible that was. Uh, the uh, the uh, pandemics that they dealt with back then and all of the deaths and 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 you can see uh, grave sites where there's more than one person buried in a single grave site uh, because of yellow fever and all of these diseases that they they fought uh, with. But you're really talking about like you're going back 500 years and and a lot has happened right in 500 years. So one of the things in the park is a Confederate war memorial and it lists the names of soldiers that died in the confederate war and many of those soldiers families are still of course you know living today their descendants and they take great pride in their family name being honored in such a way um and of course we now know this new cancel culture that you can't have any memorials to uh, the Confederate soldiers or to the Confederacy or the Confederate war. That's now, we can't have it anymore. got to tear all that down. So literally what has happened in St. Augustine, and that's what this big protest was about. The protest was about, do not tear down this beautiful monument. And it is a beautiful monument and it's been there for, I don't know how many years. I mean, as, as long as I can remember, it's been there. Uh, it's probably been there uh, over a hundred years. I'm just guessing just from the looks of it. Um, but they've got now a chain link fence and you can see this in the video, uh, for those watching on the replay, I will put the video up here of this so you can see this, but, uh, they've got it all fenced off. So literally about one third of the park now in downtown historic St. Augustine is fenced off with a chain link fence to stop people from getting in there, destroying this monument. Well, the city council apparently is. I think they're 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 deciding. I I heard that the decision was, it's going to be removed at some point and moved somewhere else. Apparently, so I, I don't know the outcome of it. But people are very upset on both sides of this, and uh, wasn't really expecting to walk into a big controversy. Uh, but that happened yesterday uh, in St. Augustine. So if you're here in Florida. 
uh, you might want to swing by the park and see it before uh, it, it transforms into something you won't recognize. Okay, so I, I saw this story today interesting about Disney. So one of the little tricks that us people that don't like to wear masks are using is when you're eating or drinking, you don't have to wear your mask. So this is like a loophole. And I'll tell you how I use this loophole. So I love to go to bookstores. I was in Orlando on Friday visiting my son. And there's a really huge, it's like on two stories, it's so big, Barnes & Noble bookstore. And I love Barnes & Noble. I'm a member of Barnes & Noble. I get coffee there and buy books there and all that. And uh, so I, I, I said to my son, hey, let's let's drop into Barnes & Noble and I'll, I'll treat you to a coffee. So we go into Barnes & Noble. We both get coffees. And I said to the barista, I said, look, if I buy this coffee, can I drink it while I'm walking around the store? And he said, oh, of course you can. I said, and I don't have to wear my mask if I have my coffee? He said, that's right. So I drop my mask and I, <laughs> I, I, I artificially, I kept the coffee like, like at almost at eye level while I wasn't drinking it so that I could, it, it was sort of like my, my, my personal, um, it was like holding up a cross to vampires. So like if somebody gave me a strange look, I just hold the coffee up a little bit higher. And so what I, they're looking at me and their eyes are screaming mask. Where's your mask? And I'm, I lift my coffee up and I'm like, coffee exempt coffee exempt sip, sip a couple sips of the coffee just so that they see that. Yep. There's really coffee in there. And the guy's really drinking coffee and it's kind of fun. It's kind of cool. But so people are, people are doing this at Disney. Apparently this is the workaround. So if you go to Disney or you go to universal, what you do is you order a, a drink and you keep the cup all day. And then as you're walking around, you keep the mask down because you're sipping from your drink. And that means you're exempt or you get a little snack or something that you just nibble, nibble, nibble on it. It lasts 10 hours. Uh, <laughs> you buy, you buy a box of popcorn and you drink, you know, you take like one kernel of popcorn out per 20 minutes and you make that last all day. And then, then you can keep the mask off. Well, Disney now has said, no, no moss. You can't do that. Uh, you, you, the deal now at Disney is if they catch you uh, eating or drinking without the mask, you must be in a stationary position. <laughs> this is how crazy these rules have gotten. So if you try to walk around and you have the mask, they're going to stop you and say, you can't do that. You cannot walk around with the mask off to eat. You have to stop and stand in a stationary uh, position to be able to eat or drink while the mask is down. So my wife and I, we were talking about this yesterday. It was so hot. I don't know if it's because I'm getting old. I really don't know. My, my grandfather, who I, I love to death, my grandfather on my mother's side, uh, who lived in a suburb of Chicago called Willow Springs. I remember every summer I'd go to visit him. He would be in the back bedroom of their little house. And he'd have a window air conditioner. I'm not kidding you. Cranked down to like 60 degrees. It was like walking into a meat locker when you walked into his bedroom. And he'd always have the Cubs game on uh, if it was, you know, uh, during baseball season, which typically, you know, that was the case during the summers. Um, and he had that that air conditioning on and it was on super low. And uh, I, I said to myself, you know, it's not too bad being out in the summer. I mean, as a, as a kid, but I don't know what it is. It is so hot now. It just feels hotter to me. And I, maybe it's because I'm now 55 years old, but 
my wife and I were talking yesterday. How in the world, how in the world could you possibly go to Disney or Universal Studios and walk around in 90 to 95 degree heat with a mask on over your face, standing in lines out in the heat on blacktop in a hundred degree weather with a mask on over your face. How in the world do you do that? Especially you got little kids. So the rule is like, if your kid is two years old or older, they've got to wear a mask. Are you kidding me? A two year old is going to keep a mask on in a hundred degree weather. I just, I don't know why anybody would go to Disney right now. I really don't know. I haven't heard anything about the crowds. I know they're, they're kind of decreasing the crowd size because of all this, but uh, man, oh man, uh, I'm telling you this whole mask thing. Uh, I, I don't know why anybody would want to wear uh, a mask and, and end up uh, at a theme park right now. All right. Um, let me talk a little bit about, I didn't want to make the whole show tonight about coronavirus and COVID-19 and all that, but there is one interesting element to it that I sort of want to continue to, to um, really emphasize and highlight for you. Florida and Texas, if you're watching the numbers, are rapidly approaching the same number of COVID cases as New York had, you know, back when they were spiking. But here's what's interesting. Florida and Texas only experiencing about 10% of the deaths. And everybody's asking, why? Why is that? And the media is afraid to really tell us one of the main reasons why that is, is that uh, Governor Cuomo of New York forced nursing homes to take people that were infected. Um, and, and, you know, it, it just it is what it is. I mean, there's an executive order that he signed forcing nursing homes. If you can imagine this, you're a nursing home. And here what we're doing in Florida is if you're a nursing home, you, you can't even people can't even visit their family in the nursing home. Uh, if somebody knows someone that was infected uh, or exposed, even if that person's like two circles away from you, you can't work at the nursing home until you're out for 14 days or 21 days. I mean, but imagine this in New York, they were forcing the nursing homes. The governor of New York was forcing them to take in already infected COVID-19 individuals into the nursing home with the most vulnerable people. It makes no sense. And what makes even less sense is that if you, <laughs> if you watch the news this week, uh, Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, is taking a victory lap now that somehow he did just the most wonderful job of managing uh, the spike there and, and the covid crisis there. And and I had read somewhere that he's actually got a poster now uh, congratulating himself on how well he did uh, in managing all this. It, revisionism doesn't really <laughs> describe this and the media is going along with it. And here's what's interesting. We we have now gotten close enough to the election. We're kind of in that zone that the media is no longer even pretending to be unbiased. They continue to report the COVID-19 numbers in the most hyperbolic terms as possible. Never mentioning the literal uh I mean, it, you, I don't even know how to describe how the death rate has dropped. I mean, how 
yes, there are people dying and that's terrible. But when you look at the death rate and how low it is and the fact that the media, the percentage of people dying now is just infinitesimal compared to what it was. And the media is not reporting this. And it's a liberal media that keeps saying conservatives are politicizing this. And and look at who's politicizing it. It is CNN and the liberal media, the New York, the New York Times, among others, continuing to report uh, one half of the story without reporting the other half of the story. And you could look at these these charts. Uh, you can look at the spike. Yes, there's a spike in cases in Florida. Probably the most interesting news is that they just did a, a, a large test. They call this pool testing where they just randomly test like a large group of people who don't necessarily have symptoms. They just kind of test a large group. So they did this uh, with among children, and they found that one-third of people in this random pool, one-third of the children, have COVID-19. But they have no symptoms. So, you know, this is all good news, right? I mean, it was never about that we're going to stop this from spreading it was always about flattening the curve. It was always about protecting the vulnerable. It was about controlling this so that as people got sick, we were able to have hospitals and ventilators and, and available bed space uh, in the ICU and all of that. It was never that we were going to stop this. And, and probably what Sweden has done is probably the answer until we have a vaccine. Probably the only answer is herd immunity. I mean, that really is probably the answer. But continue to watch the media ignoring uh, the declining death rate, which I think is is the most fantastic news because, look, if people are sick for a couple of weeks, we do this with the flu, we do this with a lot of things. But if the death rate can continue to drop, uh, that's fantastic as we, we just sort of bide our time waiting for a vaccine, which everything I'm hearing is a vaccine is coming sooner than anybody expected, maybe as soon as before the end of the year. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of masks, one other thought, <laughs> you'll find this fun over at my social media, uh, on my Facebook pages and Twitter, and also at parlor. Uh, I posted a picture of a couple riding a motorcycle. Imagine this. They're on the highway riding a motorcycle, no helmets, <laughs> no helmets, but they have the masks on. And we're seeing this more and more. Uh, you know, I'm out in the morning, um, you know, walking. I usually walk three or four miles every morning. And I'm seeing people jogging with the mask on. There's, there's nobody around them. They're on a bicycle with the mask on. There's nobody around them. And so this is where it, it really gets, uh, you know, mentally kind of bizarre when, when you think about like, wow. I mean, look, look at where we've gone, that people are actually wearing these masks driving around in cars by themselves. I mean, this is the, the nuttiness, the craziness that, that is, this has uh, kind of come to. Uh, I, saw, I saw this story today. I thought it was fascinating. Struggling mall owners turn their parking lots into drive-in movie theaters. Wow, what a brilliant idea. Uh, here's another story for you. Uh, a recent poll done this week, less than 30% of Americans think that the Redskins should change their name. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, rioters in Chicago shoot fireworks at Chicago police officers guarding the Christopher Columbus statue in downtown. Uh, I believe two police officers now hospitalized. And speaking of Chicago, just this weekend alone, and hey, <laughs> I posted this on my Facebook page, 
and a bunch of my friends in Chicago, they, they commented, hey, Jim, the weekend's not over yet, but here we are. Uh, Chicago shootings this weekend already uh, leave at least 49 people shot and seven dead this weekend already uh, in Chicago. And uh, one in four restaurants in Louisiana will permanently close due to co- the COVID-19 pandemic. One in four. And uh, I'm hearing this more and more that we're talking about 20 to 30% of all restaurants will never reopen. But one thing that's going to happen is really fascinating. In about a week, the federal unemployment benefit, which is $600 uh, per week on top of your state benefit, that federal benefit disappears. And what's going to be really interesting is to see how many businesses open up after that, because I've heard from several small business owners here in Florida that they're not able to reopen because their employees actually are earning more money from unemployment with this $600 additional add-on benefit from the federal government. People are getting here in Florida $875 a week to stay home. And so a lot of restaurants and service type businesses, they, they can't get people to come back to work. And, and I know you can report your employee to the unemployment office and, you know, force them to go off of it, but then they're going to hate you. Right. So what a lot of restaurants are doing is let's just stay closed until, you know, this is, you know, till we get past at least this, uh, you know, increase in the unemployment. So a lot happening. Uh, follow me on social media. Of course, uh, the big action typically is on my Facebook page, but I'm now getting more and more followers over at parlor. Uh, so check me out on parlor also on Twitter, uh, as well. All right. Our guest is holding Keith Comos is here. We're going to get all into this case of the golden state killer and get an update. Um, does this mean it's over? You know, we've got, the Golden State Killer, he's been caught, he's pled guilty, and he'll spend the rest of his life in prison. But does that mean we know everything? I think there's still a lot of mysteries uh, that are yet to be known about this individual and uh, maybe even more cases that we'll learn about. But all of that and more after we refire the open, we'll be back in one minute as we do a special broadcast on the Golden State Killer with our good friend, author Keith Comos. Stand by. We'll be back in one minute. 